under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. How can I be sure in a world that's constantly changing? How can I be sure where I stand with you? Tip to Greg Budell for t- introducing me to this song. I love it. I just like the the melody. I like how it's dramatic. But the news is happy today, economically speaking. Ever since I've seen, I uh, saw the movie uh, Austin Powers. I think it's the spy who shagged me. Well, and I want a toilet made out of solid gold, baby, but it's just not in the cards. <laughs> I always wanted a toilet made out of solid gold, and apparently there's now a 18 karat gold toilet that will be installed at a in a palace, I believe, in England. Well, let me, I'd have to double-check that. Can I have a moment of personal privilege? Yes, please. Go ahead. Go ahead, Southernwood. We we have decided. We have gotten really into all the Marvel movies. Yeah. And so, Lauren and I have decided to go back and start at the beginning and watch them in order. Are you watching them the way they came out in theaters or the way that's on the... it's, It's whatever is in order, so... So you started Captain with Captain America First America Avenger. Yeah. was the first one. It's a fantastic movie. And and see, I'm I'm a little bit slow, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, this kid that they've got playing Captain America, I said, Dad, Gummy looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally said that out loud, and Lauren Wayne was like, uh, you do realize that's him. It's just it's been enhanced, and they, they I was like, oh, okay, well, no wonder. When he comes out of the machine, when he gets all the stuff, my wife, when he comes out, she's yeah. like... And he's like full-blown, just got done with like working out for months and eating right, Chris yeah. Evans. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, her exact words were, damn. <laughs> I remember that scene. It, it, it like you could be a straight man and go, damn. Well, that's and, and that's what I looked at her and I was like, you're right. Damn, that's a good looking dude. That's a fantastic. Well, we got movie. so tickled last night. No, that's cool that you're going back. And that's a good topic for tonight. It's Friday. I'm honestly tired as I usually am on Fridays. Woke up early. I mean, there's a lot in the news, like going on politically. We could get into. Um, it's interesting, all the different investigations both sides now want to go into. 
but you know, it's Friday. I well, say let's have a free for all. Let's enjoy ourselves. And, and, and I'm sick and tired of it. And I hear more and more people that I just talk to and interact with uh, through my normal course of a day. Right. And and people call me and they're like, "Man, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this crap." Right. Because I mean, I think people are starting to figure out it is 100% political. Did something go wrong? Probably. I mean, somebody was doing something wrong, but, I mean, people are just tired of hearing about it. Well, I was fascinated by the uh, the honeypot aspect. Well, I well, know you, you were. You know I'm obsessed with sex, right? And, yeah. and nobody else in this this city is. No. I am. Uh, Joey's the local. Person. Joey's the local radio pervert because, I mean, he, I, uh, good Lord, in public he mentions the word. Now, I remember, and I'll tell the story from my perspective. I'm doing my normal morning routines before I was doing my workouts. But I did some yoga and got some breakfast. And I'm driving in and I'm listening to news and views from 9 to noon with Baron Coleman and Get Well Soon Jack. And they had on as their very special guest, I've had him on this program, our boss here at Oh. Blue Water Broadcasting, the buttery one. Rocket Ritz. Rick Peters, yes. And uh, it was a great interview, great show. All sorts of people were calling in, thanking Rick for all the talent he's put on air. And I, I'll thank him again. Having this block that's, I mean, what is it now? 13 hours of live local. Great stuff. Uh, some days oh. are better than others, but I, I think it's a great thing he's doing. No, it's... it's, uh, it's- Fifteen hours. Oh, because yeah, now we have clearing the air with Terry Adams. That's right. You got an hour and a half behind. Well, it's it's fourteen and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, well, it, yeah, they're Davis health and wealth isn't, uh, uh, but live, it's still local. But it's still local. Yeah, um, and Rusty's doing a great job there. So, I mean, thank you again to Rick, our boss, for putting this lineup together. Um, it's it's more difficult than I think people realize running any business. Uh, that's one thing I've always had respect for when I look at small business owners and the tasks they have to do. I, so many people. It's so easy to go the boss, the boss, the boss, and like, and you not understand exactly what a boss has on the line. And I'm not just <laughs> kissing ass here. Like, it, no, you're not. No, it, there's uh, in any business. I've I've learned to respect the people that actually put their tail on the line, um, and and have to manage a company. It's not an easy thing. It's a very difficult thing. And the people who do it successfully should be celebrated. It's part of the economic news today. Mm-hmm. Wonderful news. Wages up. Now, workforce participation is down, but this is because we we expected it. Um, people are retiring. The boomers are retiring. This is just going to be a trend. But the millennial generation is very large. Anyway, I'm getting away from the point. Rick is on News and Views with Barron. They tell all these stories how the company is being put together and some of his past. And all these people are calling in at this at that point in the show with appreciation for letting people peek behind and see the man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving, I'm listening to this. I'm fascinated as much as anybody else because Rick has a fantastic radio voice and he's oh. got all sorts of stories. It's great. And uh, one calls positive, another calls positive, and then a, a lady of a certain age calls in. And she's very sweet. <laughs> I know what you're making to say. She's very sweet. It's like, Rick, I love what you've done. Uh, with station, I love Greg. I love Baron. 
you know, he's he's a troublemaker, but I love Bear. I love Jack. I love Dan show. But that Joey, all he talks about, about is sex. I, no, I'll, no, she said literally, all he talks about is, I want to have sex. I want to have sex. I want to have sex. I'm like, like I had done a show on why sex is funny um, and why it also makes people uncomfortable. So I'm listening to this going, I think the hour I did on that topic was a little more nuanced than I just want to have sex, folks. So I'm driving and hearing this, and she and a listener directly on air is reporting this to my boss. And so I'm, I pull into the parking lot. I immediately come upstairs. I poke my head in, and they're off air. And I say, Rick, for the record... I do want to have sex. <laughs> the thing that makes it so funny is that show. I remember that show. Oh, man. And you and Peyton Jolly did that show. It was a good show. It, it was a good show. I mean, because well, and, the, the context was, or taken out of context, yes, I think you actually labeled the show, I want to have sex. So I, I actually blame la- the I labeled caller. it, let's talk about it. Let's talk about something. But, but to think about you and Peyton talking about sex mm. is just funny to me. Right. Well, and we got callers of all different ages, <laughs> men and women. Yeah. And the very last caller, I I answer the phone blind, and I'm like, yeah, "New stock, you're on there. Who's this?" And it was Joe Daddy. I'm like, "Who? Joe Daddy?" And then it hit me. I recognized the voice. I went, "Dad." And then his response is, hey, Joe, sex is great. <laughs> <laughs> and, but my point is, it's it's funny to me that you can have a pretty nuanced conversation about whatever topic. Right. It could be sex, it could be politics, it could be religion. Um, it could be even, I've been watching all these nerds talk about Game of Thrones and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whatever the topic, you can never be sure. How can I be sure? When that somebody will take something a certain way, you it's, can't. You can't. No. It, you know, I, I often damn politicians, and I'm always. I made the point earlier this week, I believe, on Dan's show that uh, I get really tired of this. The great men and women of the FBI, and I've actually had a detailed conversation with a friend of mine who's a veteran who served, where he actually. I'm, I'm not going to give away who it is, but he when we're watching, say, like. Uh, Forged in Fire, the show where they are you know, blacksmiths competing on who can make the best knives and swords and weapons. Yeah. Okay, and the guy immediately comes out as I'm a. I was in the U.S. Marines. He'll like roll his eyes, and it's not just like inner, you know, you know, agency like rivalries. It's uh, he just is like, oh, really? you're going to wear that on your sleeve. And the point I take from all this, and why I'm bringing it up, is uh, when you have an awesome power. And responsibilities. I think military service is a little different because, especially if you have served, it's like thank you. Not it, the voluntary nature of our force at this point. One of the greatest things Reagan did uh, is a virtue, and so people who sign up willingly and, and definitely serve overseas and war zones, put their lives on the line. That should be thanked. That should be respected. Yeah, no but doubt. What I'm talking about is sort of the defense mechanism politicians use. In order to show that somebody's a bad person. And we always fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. It's like, how dare... Like, for instance, Trump wants to bring up Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. And the Attorney General said he's going to look into the origins of the Russian investigation. So the defense is, 
Oh, you are criticizing the great men and women of the FBI. And it's like, um, no. no. <laughs> like, I want to look into if one person in particular. It's like if there was some corruption in the military. Or no, say, I don't agree with the war in Afghanistan. We should bring the troops home. You don't support the troops. It's like, no, that's not what I said at all. I don't agree with the political right. policy to put them there. And this is my point, is politicians often play these games. So I don't have much sympathy for them. And I'm very suspect of anybody who has awesome powers and responsibilities because it can go really wrong and corrupt and tyrannical very quickly. But... This is my point. I sometimes do have a little bit of sympathy for politicians because I speak in public all the time. And again, you can't be sure how people are going to take what you say and understand what you say. So, I, you know, but I'm not trying to get votes. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not trying yeah. and I'm mm -hmm. and yeah. I, yeah, no, I you, you can say I'm trying to get votes in the marketplace and our listeners but that's not the same thing as trying to get votes in the same way a politician is trying to get votes. So I think possibly the origins of why politicians so sound so like double minded and they speak out of both sides of their mouths and all this stuff is you the way I would put it is you try serving the interest of say a state representative, you try serving the interest of thousands of people gets worse when it's millions of people but you try serving the interests of thousands of people who all disagree on a bunch of different things and then we'll call you and let you know how much they don't like what you did or love what you did i yeah. guess the, the way you navigate that uh, hypothetically is principles and come what may and you stick by your tr what you think is true and right and the correct course but you're yeah. gonna take it man you're going to take it on the chin no matter what you decide. And, and that's so hard if you stand on principles. I mean, that's ideally, that's what you should do. And and I feel for politicians because, I mean, you do have to take all that. You've got to take the phone calls and you've got to do all that. But, I mean, dead gum, man. It's You can get pissed off because... You know, someone says something about uh, a dog. There was a dog on the road. Why didn't somebody pick him up and throw him in the ditch? Well, you said throw him in the ditch. I mean, that's a that's a, a living animal. You should bury it. You know, there should be a committee formed. And I mean, you've got to deal with all that when you're a politician. And there are there there are few and far between that can just say, okay, yeah, whatever, screw you. Trump's one I mean, of them. He, he's one of them. There are a few up there. I have to I have to say, there but are, Trump's probably the best example of. It, uh, I don't, I don't care. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Exactly. The only and, time I'm trying to remember, the only time I've heard the president apologize was after that grab him by the uh, tape, the Billy Bush tape came mm -hmm. out. It's the only time I think he's ever done an apology. And it was weird to watch him apologize. You know, he came out with that video. And he apologized for the words I said and these sorts of things. It was an actual moment of, I don't know how conciliatory he actually was. Because, I mean, come on. He's sitting there talking on a hot mic with Billy Bush. I, I don't buy that Donald Trump is actually sorry for saying, I'm rich, I'm famous, I can do a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tough. And that business has to be incredibly tough. The politics business because i get a taste of being in a very humble perch here just with one hour and the other shows too 
but how people hear your words. And, you know, it's ironic. Sometimes the people that yeah, know... And, and that's another thing, is you can say stuff, because I have called you out on things before, and you were like, that's not what I said, that's, Clay. Yeah, that's not what I meant. And I was like, this is what you said. And you were like, no, I said it like this. Here's the context. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Right. You know, I still disagree with you, but I'm, sure. I'm not angry at you anymore. No, there's just uh, so much that could go wrong. You just have to kind of narrow in and soldier on and, you know, figure out what you actually believe in. Though it's funny, we said that the best way to maybe steer a ship through all these tumultuous waters of public opinion is to have principles, guiding principles. But how many times have you heard a politician speak about their dearly held principles and you rolled your eyes. I'm talking to you out there listening. How many times have you heard a politician talk about their principles and you roll their eyes and go, yeah, sure. Like, you don't believe them. I'm, I'm just my vote personally. Oh, Southern Wood over here. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear them say it, I roll my eyes. Sure. I'm like, yeah. Well, it's because right, you've heard it before. And, again, and you know, but you know that they're lying. But if you know that they're lying up front, it's not as impactful as if you really believe in somebody. Right. right. And you think if if we really believe that Donald Trump was like the second coming of Christ, and he was this pure, you know, uh, power that was going to save the entire world, it would be different if you heard that version of Donald Trump say, "Hey." When you're rich and good looking like I you am, can do anything. they let you grab them by the, yeah. you know, bleep. But knowing who Donald Trump is and like, yeah, this guy's a shyster. How do you get to be a, a 16 trillionaire right. unless you're a shyster? And I, I know he's, you know, he's a little bit crooked here and there. He, no, and and let when, me back so you when up. he says that, it's like. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you do. It's gotten my reaction to a lot of the details of the Mueller report on the obstruction side, where he's, like, telling his people to lie to the press and these sorts of things. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, to back up the statement you just made, he's a little bit crooked. Folks, let's remember the first debate. Trump talked about buying off politicians. <laughs> Which we usually Did he not say that I paid them, I paid them, I paid both sides, well, and that's why I always found his populist appeal interesting. Because essentially, the argument he made is that I was part of the plutocrats, or I was playing the establishment game, and I was on the inside all this stuff. You can see pictures. I paid for Bill and Hillary to be at my wedding. Like he, pl I played the game. I know how it works. But now I'm revealing the man behind the curtain. And it was. I think that was the unique appeal and why. Joey. So when some people on the left just don't get it, like I'm like, that's it, guys. Joey. I'm telling you, he destroyed that wall between people having this this idea. It, it destroyed idealism that, oh, you're a Republican, you're great. Right. You're a Democrat, you're great. I mean, wh whichever side of the fence you're on, he destroyed that. And he was like, no, they're all crooked. I'm just <laughs> going to be a little bit crooked. I'm going to be know. honest with you. Yeah, I'm crooked. They let me grab them by the, right. you know what, and 
he has turned that into the common man. He has somehow, it seems like, at least to me, he has brought common sense back into the political. And people are using their common sense. They're like, yeah, all these jokers are crooked. Every one of them. But at least this crooked guy is saying what I believe in. Well, and I, He's fighting for what I want. He's doing right. what I would do if I was there. See, but I think we haven't reached the highest level, if I can use a pretentious word, of enlightenment when it comes to politics. We're still benighted in a way. Myself included for the longest time. But I think I have gone through the wilderness. I have dared the snares of the political scene and I don't think we can just say all those folks, all those politicians are crooked. We can just say that. I don't think it's complete, exhaustive. It's back to what I was saying earlier. I think a lot of those guys are crooked because the whole game we're playing is a little bit crooked. The idea is the people can have whatever they want as long as there's a majority to want it. And the, the initial idea of the country was that, no, that majority's restricted. They're very much restricted. But when's the last time you heard a politician say to a crowd of people, yeah, uh, I know you guys want that, but you're not allowed to have that. That's actually against other people's rights. I mean, you'll hear like, here or there in a selective manner, but not like a full-throated defense. It's always, like, appealing. So I, I think the next level of enlightenment, why does is, why is the whole process seem so crooked? Is because it just is. We, we don't know our limits. In many ways, I look at the people and go, well, we get what we deserve in a way. What's that line I always quote? Democracy is the theory of the common people know what they want, and they deserve to get it good and hard. Good and hard. Yeah. And you know something about that. I mean, that's why I bequeathed you that paddle over there. That southern wood abides. That's right. But after this break, I want to get more back to what you brought up, your personal interest, that you're going back and watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hope people out there listening might actually, you know, entertain the idea. This, this first saga, the first huge story of, I guess, 22 movies or something like that. You mean talk about something fun that takes your mind off of what is actually happening and you can get lost in a, a, yeah, a three-hour, yeah. you know... It, it, Away from the corrupt process into like a, a true American success story that is Marvel Cinematic, the, the Marvel Studios. Was it Wednesday? Tuesday? Tuesday was probably the best show you ever Oh, when had. I got pissed off at Bernie? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't... I'm, I no, really I, don't... I mean, and, and I'm being like, serious. Yeah. Well, you Bernie, know I wouldn't piss in your ear and tell you it's raining. Right. Right, and I wouldn't accept it's, it. It's, uh, but no, you. I mean, when you really hit that, and, and for him going off on somebody doing something extremely uh, entertaining, and and it made so much money, and then to, to criticize that, that's freaking ridiculous. Right. That's what this country is built on. Do something that nobody else has ever done before. Hey, if you want to make a, you can make it a Jarvel's movie. Right. Yeah, make one and go make a billion dollars. 
Right. You know, and do the same thing. And that it's they not did. exactly, you know, easy to do. DC, the <laughs> competitor to Marvel's been trying. And they've had some good movies, but not like Marvel. Exactly. It's very difficult to pull these things off, but we got to hit a break. And I want to talk more about that after the break. And before we hit the break, though, I'm tell folks about the guy who's just on these airwaves. Eddie Once Bader? Again, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. He's Fantastic a good dude. Guy. Yeah, he's a good dude, uh, but he's also an even better real estate agent. Really knows what he's talking about. In particular, if you are renting and you've never bought a house... And you think, there's not any options for me. There are. Let Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group show you those options out there in the River region. Whether it's in Prattville, Wetumpka, Millbrook, here in Montgomery, Lake Martin or Lake Jordan, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group can show you the properties that could be your new dream home. Help you, well, get a new lay in life. A new life. A new start. I, I was stuck in this situation. He sort of opened my eyes. Joey, if you, you know, get your credit right, if you start planning a little bit <laughs> for your future, you'll actually be able to own your own home. That's some of the wisdom he's passed on. But he's also great at helping get homes off the market. And because he does both buying and selling, he helps the two meet quite often. Knows the bright renovations, repairs, knows the market so well, how to pull off a successful open house. So if you're looking for a real estate agent to help you buy or sell a home... Give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. His number is 322-0662. Again, that number for Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, 322-0662. Just relaxing here on a Friday. We'll be right back. Joey Clark. Drop the needle. I think the band War has some of the best rhythm arrangements ever. Like it just like even today, where the synthesizer and the sampler drum machine is taken over. Yeah. Like you hear these classic beats they put together. It's so good. I mean, I it, 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 and I'm not being this is uh, a negative criticism, but. All their sound, all their songs kind of sound alike. They do sound similar, but I just love that. I mean, they've got the same doom, do do doom. So like Cisco Kid, you know, and Lowrider, and yeah, scrape the stick over the mm-hmm. little squirrely it's thing. It's tight though. It's zip, good. Zip, zip, I like zip. it. So but no, it sounds great. I mean, it's wonderful. So, but we were um, revisiting. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Avengers Endgame came mm-hmm. out. I'm over the moon. I want to see it again before my final oh, verdict I'm, is I'm given. going to see it again. Yeah, it was an amazing movie. But you're doing the work of going back and watching some of the, the whole thing where it began. Yeah. So how many have you seen? What have you... You started with uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Well, I did not realize this until we were watching the movie. Because I remember taking peak. And we went and saw Black Panther. Mm. And when is the last time you've been to a movie, and I think we talked about this, where people inside the theater actually cheered during the production? It was, well, in game recently, but at that time it was Black Panther. 
And and when the little well, yeah, let's not give stuff away. But anyhow, there's one point in the film where what you know is going to happen starts happening, mm-hmm. and I mean, people are like standing up, cheering like they're at a dead gum ball game. Yeah, and even me, I mean, I and I'm I'm a 45 year old man. I'm grown, and I got emotionally involved in the movie. Yeah. And my wife was clapping, and I was like, at one certain point, I just kind of leaned over to her, and I said, oh, bleep, Wena, these are some bad mother bleepers right here when one certain thing happens. And I didn't realize she had not seen Black Panther. Mm. And I was like, you hadn't seen this movie? So, Sunday night... Uh, yeah. Or no, no, Monday night. After we watched the movie on Sunday night. Monday night, we went home and we watched Black Panther. Yeah. And and she was like, you're right. Then some bad... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Folks. I mean, there, there is great. I love Black Panther. It might be my favorite one, other than Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. I, if I have to rank them, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one is very high up there. And first off, an incredible soundtrack. And it's not just like the movie wanted to do cool music video shots. It the soundtrack is it, crucial to the character. Exactly, and it ties into the storyline, and it and it it adds to and. I mean, is is well, has, that's a pretty dead gum good. Well, movie. and it also the first scene, um, the very opening scene is one of the most gripping opening scenes for a Marvel movie. It's emotional, but it's also telling a story, and then it goes into what Red Bones come and get your love. You know, you know, several years later when it, the kids all grown up, yeah, and the soundtrack, and it's on this Walkman. The kids mother with the game. foam earbuds. I yeah. love the foam. And earbuds. so he still has this Orange Walkman. Foam yeah, with those ear headphones, like that he still held on to because his mom gave it to him. So the music from Earth that you know tarries with him all throughout the galaxy, and you know alien species start hearing this music that's essentially like top forty from the seventies, uh, and it's just great stuff. It's a fantastic movie. That's probably up there as one of my favorites. Um, the first Iron Man in two thousand eight. It was an incredible movie, that, too. It, it, That's what started it all. I mentioned this earlier in the week. Marvel had no... They realized they had enough money to do one movie. And if they failed, because they did not have a good track record when it came to adapting their comics to television or movies before then. So they're like, we got this one chance. And John Favreau and Kevin Feige... Uh, John Favreau was the director. Kevin Feige was the producer for Marvel Studios. They knocked it out of the park, especially at the time. Robert Downey Jr. wasn't this huge star; he had kind of fallen from grace because of addiction yeah, problems. You're exactly right. And this was his rebirth, and it mm-hmm. was a huge hit. And it's still a good movie, like the epic moment. I, I will give spoilers for Iron Man. It's an eleven-year-old movie at the end where he's like, "I am Iron Man," where mm-hmm. you know he's so self-centered and still self-important that he's finally just owns up. Yeah, I'm the guy behind the mask. Yeah, the he, I mean he is he's 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 kind of a and that's what's weird to me about these movies. 
uh, Iron Man is like the dude in these, and he's kind of a Donald Trumpian type character. He's like, yes, I'm an ass, but I'm the best there is out there, and Drunk. I'm great at it. I'm good. You're wrong. I'm right. And and he wins. I wish Donald Trump or any of our win. politicians were as brilliant as Tony Stark. I yeah. wish. You know? I wish I will was. figure out. I will figure out. I will. I will make the bigliest, greatest new thing, and we will go. I'm... But the Captain I, I America can't talk because I don't want to give any spoilers. Well, the Captain America arc is also fantastic. I mean, you just well, watched the first the, Avenger. That's that what, is essentially it's a comic book movie, yes, but it's essentially a World War II movie with like a group of guys that are like more hardcore than the Nazis. Like they're so crazy and evil, even the Nazis are like, "Whoa, guys, chill out." What, and so, like, the bad guy's so good. Like, it's it's a very cool World War II movie. But there's comic book stuff. There's superhero stuff in it. See, that's what hooked Lauren is when uh, Captain America went from being a little kid that snuck into the army to freaking Captain America. And he's picked because he's so morally good. Like, the, okay, we're not going to give this power to anybody who's corrupt. He's so... Good and the movies, the movies my, show that. And so I don't want to give anything away, but this is what's so good about the Marvel universe, folks, is that they pay off characters. Like it's not. Yes, you get the big action scenes, you get the big scenes that look like a splash page in a comic book, where all the Avengers are assembled in these cool moments, the big army and the sky beam of the army coming mm -hmm. from space. You get all that stuff. That's not why I love the movies. I love those movies because they grab you emotionally and make you care about they, a person they, and that person's journey. And it's so darn good. They really do. And, and be honest with me now. Be honest with me. Did you tear up at some point? For Endgame? Endgame. Oh, of course, yes. Okay. Yes. I just want you to be... I want to make sure you're just going to be I'll honest. I'll give you one word to know what I'm talking about. There, there are several moments, but I'll give you one word for the moment that actually, like, it wasn't just, oh, I feel... You know how when you cry, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm going to hold it back. I'm a man. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, no, I'll give you one word, though, where it was just, I was. I could feel tears on my face. The one word is cheeseburger. Yeah. That's... Oh. And it, it's just so good that you that go into these... That was a big one. Me, for me, it was... Uh, what can I without spoiling it Spider-Man Spider-Man yes I, that was another one for me too there's so much in these movies and pe different people care more about certain characters so some moments might hit you more than yeah. others uh, there's stuff with Thor in that movie that really hit home for me and I should for you too <laughs> I wish I could talk about it I know um it's just so good and so when I see these movies build as escapism uh, I see these movies in a way they can be. You can go in and watch them in a shallow way, but there's uh, there's some depth there, and I mean it's very valuable to have these moments where you can just enjoy life. Like, why do we work? Why do we complain about we want jobs? We want higher wages. We want at some point. What are you going to do with that daggum money that you're right. making? And it's actually something that's in, it's in the country, like the so-called Puritan work ethic. This actually goes to something we've talked about plenty of times, like predestination. This idea that, well, we don't know, like, we're determined and we don't really know what our determination destiny is, so let's just work hard. And even if you're not getting any benefit, that's one area where I disagree with the Puritan work ethic. 
just work hard, even if it's not very fruitful. Like, hard work is a good sign, and I, I think it is, but I'm, I'm more a fan of work smart. Yeah. But I. But it that, should be enjoyable. And I mean, it, God, did, God did not create us to just be slaves and just walk around right. mindlessly performing tasks. But that is, in a political and cultural sense, that idea that came from certain Christian denominations yeah. really did propel this country forward. There's a reason Americans sure. even today, like these smartphones we have, people say in France, we'll see like the smartphone makes it much more productive and efficient. That means we can take more time off. Americans see the smartphone or see the computer and go, we can work more now. Exactly right. So th- there's something... We can accomplish more. We can we can achieve more tasks. Right. And that's, that is something that's built into... I, I, no, it's an I, American I thing. I don't know where it comes from. It, no, it's the Puritan work ethic. I swear. That's where it comes... I think it's, it's not just a religious thing. It is an American no, no. cultural thing. I definitely wouldn't say it was a religious thing, but it is something built into our society, or at least a portion of our society that that it's you know oh this you know tractor will drive faster this tractor has more horsepower we can plow more acres a day right. we can plant more ground today we can, we can pull a bigger plow and it, it just it but keeps it's going down you know the and, road and we, there's simple stats to show this americans take much less vacation time or holiday time as uh, other countries with you know similar levels of wealth i mean there's just americans work more they really do and i think americans also read more like periodicals americans read more news than other countries where other places might read more books like novels or uh, go see more plays mm-hmm. and but at a certain point you're like i'm, I'm not going to feel guilty for really enjoying Avengers Endgame or Game of Thrones or a baseball game or a football game or WrestleMania or whatever mm-hmm. the entertainment of the moment is to entertain, you know, to take me out of my drudgery. Uh, I'm not going to feel guilty for that. And one thing that's cool that's happening is the service economy grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. You know how many people have jobs because of Avengers Endgame or because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And I'm not talking about the people that work directly on the set, I'm not talking about the writers. Or even the comic book writers who get the royalties from it. I'm saying there, there's a whole cottage industry of people that talk about this stuff. That are not, more and more. Go look online, and you will be amazed at how many people are making money. Say, making memes, making videos talking about Game of Thrones, making videos talking about whatever pop culture thing that's out there. And it's not millions and millions of dollars, but it's enough to make a living. It's amazing what's happening. Be passionate about something. Be informed about something. Know how to share that passion and information with others. You won't be the biggest star on earth. You're not going to be trying to please the masses, but you will probably find a living. And I will even go a level deeper than that. I've been to a lot of movies. My my wife, one of her passions is movies. She loves to go to movies. And, and I kind of like movies myself too and I love to go up like on a, just a date night sure. with Weena. When we walked out of the movie theater there were six people lined up to come into the theater to clean the theater out yeah. so that they could start the next movie as soon as they could. They had, I mean, there was a time clock up 
I mean, it's, it's it was that popular. I've, I've right. I don't that may be the since Rocky. I think that's the only movie I've been to that was truly sold out. Uh, but what about those six people? They had to hire extra people or extend labor hours for extra people. When you walk out of a movie theater, there's usually like one dude walking in there broom. with a bucket and a broom, and and he cleans the theater out. Six. That's five people that's been impacted by this that's, movie because it's so extremely popular. That's what I love about uh, the very wealthy market economy and the division of labor is that at a certain there's a, that great scene in John Adams. I want my kids to learn math and philosophy and science and theology so their kids can learn art and poetry and writing and entertainment sort of stuff. That the wealthier we get, the more we find that. Uh, there are things that we can we can entertain people and make money doing it. Um, not everybody is uh, that lucky, and I'm sure the people cleaning up after a dirty theater aren't thinking, "Oh, I'm having a great time doing it." But it's incredible how much money is being made. Right. But at the end of the day, you should sit back and enjoy yourself. Well, yeah, and and that's an when old, you can. That's an old thing that was made fun of, and it was poo pooed. Uh, when when Reagan talked about it, but that is what is that is the definition of trickle down economics. Yeah, you have a wildly successful movie that comes out. Well, instead of having two people clean the theater up, we got to have six. That's four people that would have been sitting at home not making a penny. And sure, they may be making minimum wage, but. You know, it's something. minimum wage is better than making nothing. Exactly. It's something. And you learn, I don't want to do this, you know, crap for the rest of my life. I want to learn something else, but I'm at least sustaining where I am well, right now. And if you look at the, and I don't want to get too economics nerd on people, but there, if you look at every product we have, no one person really knows how to make it. And even if one person didn't know how to make something... It would be very difficult. There's a guy, I can't remember his name, a few years back, who was like, I want to see if I can truly be an island under myself. I'm going to make a, not a car, not an airplane, not even a, a microphone for a radio station. I'm going to make a toaster. And it was like, make a toaster, but not go to, say, the hardware shop and buy all the metals. It was like, um, how do I mine the metal that goes into making this? How do I, you know weld this together and make the electronics work and all extrude like, the wire for it's the electrical amazing side how it. much is around us is built off this vast division of labor and all these people working together without even knowing they're working together exactly it's something that's you know i don't think it's praised enough in certain circles it's praised but certainly most of the time in politics it's not but look at this why i don't know why people are calling but let's talk to bill Hey, Bill, I thought we were just entertaining ourselves, and maybe we are, but it's Friday. No, oh, yeah, I've been enjoying listening to you. What's on your mind? Joe, Mr. Wood, what are y'all doing? Uh, if just bumping our gums? Go ahead. <laughs> Not like that, though. This is Yancey. Oh, good oh, God. Lord. <laughs> that Bill. <laughs> yeah, this, this Bill, yeah. <laughs> just, just hearing Clay talk, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Wood talk about Avengers and like that, you know, I just don't go together. But actually, me and my daughter are thinking about going to see that movie this weekend. We Do it, really Bill. Watched, well, we've 
we've never really watched the other ones. Can we just go watch that movie and understand what's going on? Uh, it won't. It, you probably will understand, but it won't be as good. I'll just be honest with I, you. I mean, my my personal advice is at least watch what was the one before this Infinity uh, War. Infinity Wars. If you watch, okay. if you watch Infinity Wars and have just uh, an idea about the rest of them, you don't have to know all the ins and outs. Right. But the more that you know about the ins and outs the in, better in games, yeah, because there's a lot of flashbacks that are yeah. in this one that that mean a, a whole lot more. But I mean, it's it's extremely entertaining. Period. Yeah. But it would be better to watch. You say Infinity Wars. It Infinity Wars. Yeah, at least watch that one. Okay. And yeah. maybe maybe Civil War too. Yeah. Like it'll give you some of the backstory. That if you want to just watch two movies before you go see that movie in the theater, it'd be Civil War and then Infinity War. Yeah, it's all these war movies. Um, but our point is, is like this Avengers Endgame was really a love letter to people that have been watching these Marvel movies for over a decade. So it gets that detailed and that emotional for people who've been on the ride. But they made such a good movie too. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's extremely entertaining right. either way. But it's kind of like when Lord of the Rings came out. You probably wanted to see or at least know something about the first two movies before you went and watched the third one, Return of the King. It, right. It is. It's like Return of the Jedi. I mean, there it is kind of the end of a big story, so it won't be the same if you haven't seen any of the others. Right. Well, I tell you, everybody's been talking about it. I even hate the minute, but I started watching Game of Thrones, and my lord, woof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like softcore porn or something. I mean, that is that is a woof. They got criticized in the early seasons for a thing called sex position, where, you know, okay. it's, it might play into a character. I'm sure you saw if you watched some of the early episodes, like there are certain characters where sex is necessary to tell their story. But then the sex position thing is like, okay, we just got this page of like two characters doing boring dialogue. How do we make this more visually interesting for the audience? Oh, let's put them in a harem and have people doing things behind them. Yeah, so. I'm going to watch one episode, the first one. Oh no! It 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 slows way down, Bill. It it I mean it gets back. Well, the story to, speeds up, but the yeah. I mean, it, I think this that show also gets a bad rap for just sex and violence. There's plenty of sex and violence, but again, it's always about the characters. A wonderful, wonderful storyline. I mean, it is very intriguing. So you're just, watching that. Oh yeah, yeah. We we we. we I've converted him. Uh, I've converted him or perverted him, whatever you want to call it. I got you. Well, hey, guys, great show. Let y'all go. I'm back down here in God's country in Hope Hall, so. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> I love uh, Bill. Let's see who this is. News talk here on there. It's the Master Thespian. Hey, Master Thespian. I know we have like 30 seconds left. Yeah, not much. But uh, I'm enjoying this discussion. Uh, it ties a lot into what Joseph Campbell talks about in Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah. That we human beings want to have somebody to root for why people get all tied up into this notion of their football teams or their sports teams or the Marvel Universe and the Universe. We, we want to have heroes that we can tell their stories and, and you know, somebody to root for. Well, and I, I heard it suggested there need to be more chosen one stories. Like, there's a reason, yeah, yeah the Marvel yeah. characters work really well. There's a reason yeah. the Matrix worked really well. There's a reason Harry Potter worked really well. It's 
uh, Star Wars works really well is because you have these folks that seem like they're not much anybody, and they're the chosen one that's going to yeah, save everybody. Exactly. It's a it's an archetype. Yeah, that's the, and it's, it's, stealing it's the true. Bible. It, it might very still, well be. Well, that's true. Joseph Campbell talks about that too. About those figures in the Bible are the characters that are compelling to us, and uh, you know, it, it's something that we we are invested in, and we'll pay money to see it. So, I'll take care. Yeah, I mean that that I think plays into if you read anything of Joseph Campbell or you read like Carl Jung, who I think is more weighty than Joseph Campbell, mm -hmm. essentially getting the idea of archetypes. But mm -hmm. I mean, a good way I've heard somebody like say Jordan Peterson put it is when a little kid watches Pinocchio. Why does Pinocchio even? Because that movie's crazy. There's fairies. There's whales eating people. Like when you ex show that movie, that old Disney classic, to a little kid, why is it that they they can make sense of it? Because there are some things probably built in over thousands of years that these kids, or there's a spark of creation. However you want to look at it, maybe it's both. Um, not necessarily mutually exclusive. That people grab onto and can graft onto their imagination and it makes a lot of sense and literally in that movie Jiminy Cricket is Pinocchio's conscience Jiminy Cricket is a slang phrase for Jesus mm -hmm. like the Disney people who made that movie knew what they were doing yeah um, they very much knew what they were doing sure so there's a lot of that and I don't know if it's stealing it's more influenced by no I think that's stealing yeah, I think that's Stephen. Yeah. The greatest story ever written. Well, and even even if the Bible is not true, well, the I, Bible is the greatest story ever written. Well, fair enough. I mean, you cannot argue that. And I would never tell people to forget that story. If it's or false. the truth of it. Or the truth of it. Even if it's false, that is the greatest story. I can't believe we're on written. different sides of this. We'll be back <laughs> on Monday. Now, wait a minute. I know I'm lying in a field of grass somewhere. So it's all in my head.